Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And filling in for Christian Garrick this afternoon, I'm Jeff Palermo along with former LSU Tiger Herb Tyler. This is the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show broadcasting near the LSU Administration Building on LSU's campus. 6.30 kickoff tonight between the fourth-ranked Fighting Tigers and the Northwestern State Demons. If LSU gets a victory, and most of us are anticipating that will occur, that will be win number 800 in LSU's program history. The Tigers are the 12th winningest program in FBS history. I think the other number to keep an eye on tonight, just how many points will the LSU Tigers score? So far through two games, they have put up 100 points, 55 against Georgia Southern, in the season opener, and then, of course, last week in Austin, beating the Longhorns 45-38. to 38. Today they can basically name their score. Uh, Northwestern State not anticipating to really be much of a factor or any kind of resistance in this game. The Demons from Natchitoches come in with a record of 0-2. They lost to UT Martin on the road, and then they fell last week at home in their home opener against Midwestern State a Division II team. They lost 33-7. to Brad Laird is the head coach for Northwestern State. He's in their second season. They, they finished off last year on a good note, winning in overtime to beat McNeese. Uh, but this has been a tough start here. Last year they had Jazz Ferguson, if you remember him, a former LSU player. He went over to Northwestern State and was really a good wide receiver for the Demons last season. In fact, he's now on the Seattle Seahawks practice squad. But uh, outside of that, uh, Northwestern State just doesn't have the weapons here to really stay with LSU. Again, they got a good quarterback in Shelton Epler, who's completed 68% of his passes, 564 yards, three touchdowns. His favorite target here today is going to be Quan Shorts. He's got 20 catches for 171 yards. Uh, Running the ball, Northwestern State really hasn't been able to do it at all. In fact, uh, their leading rusher is Shelton Epler. So uh, anticipate them to throw the football here today, which uh, after LSU's defense got torched last week against Texas, this is this will be a good little test here, a, a chance to focus in on the fundamentals, focus in on their technique, and see if they can't uh, get that defense back to what we anticipate a Fighting Tiger defense to be. Of course, next week, LSU will be at Vanderbilt, an 11 a.m. kickoff after a grueling game last Saturday against Texas, played in uh, intense heat, a lot of plays, 80-plus plays that uh, Texas ran offensively. This is a game for LSU to just go out there, get what they need accomplished, much like the Georgia Southern game, and then get the backups in there and then get ready for Vanderbilt next week, the SEC opener on the road at 11 a.m. kickoff. And you would think uh, LSU offensively 
can just go out there and dominate like they did in the season opener. The question is, can they? what's the intensity level going to be like? Obviously fired up to play Georgia Southern. It's the first game. If you're not ready for that game, then you don't belong in college football at this level. Obviously fired up to take on a top-10 team on the road, that, and, and they performed great. Now you come back home, second home game, FCS school, you had the big win, all the emotion, everything that went into that game. This has been more of a week about worrying about LSU, not really game planning necessarily, not really doing X's and O's on how to stop Northwestern State. If LSU, if LSU goes out there, does what it's supposed to do. It doesn't matter what Northwestern State does schematically. LSU's just going to march up and down the field, and they should be able to shut them down. But it's all about LSU doing what you expect LSU to do. Tigers will be down three defensive starters. Most likely, we know Richard Lawrence, Glenn Logan are out. Caleb on chase on, doubtful. You're going to see some backup running backs. You're going to see some Miles Brennan today. You're going to see some other receivers catch the passes. LSU's talked about getting Stefan Sullivan a little bit more involved in the passing game. I think that's another thing that you'll see in this game. Uh, so uh, there's still a lot to watch for, and I know diehard LSU fans will be certainly tuned into this one just to kind of see how this team responds. And also it's kind of uh, this is September 14th. This is your last home game in the month of September here at Tiger Stadium. You got the game at Vanderbilt next week, the bye week, and then they'll come home to play Utah State. And then after you get past that Utah State game, it gets real. You get Florida, and then you go on the road, play Mississippi State, who lost today, by the way, in a game to Kansas State earlier today. Uh, give you an update here on the Alabama game uh, before we uh, eventually get here to uh, Mike Dettelier. Uh, Alabama leading South Carolina 4-3, to three, or 4-3. 7-3. 7-3. I was thinking a four-point yeah. difference. 7-3, yeah. 4-30 left to go in the first quarter. I know we, you saw Alabama crush Duke, and then last week they beat New Mexico, whatever. Yep. Uh, whether it was state or it doesn't matter. They beat New Mexico something. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you what do you think? I mean, people, again, it's already, we're already starting to look ahead, LSU, Alabama. There's still a lot to get there. Yeah, it's too far, too far in advance to, to even talk about it. But Alabama's going to be Alabama when, yeah. when they come in, and we're going to be the new revamped LSU. And then we'll see where we are at that point. But right now, we got to win this game in front of yeah. us. Yeah. And I'm saying that as if I'm playing the team right now, right? <laughs> but let's look forward a little bit. I think that if we can run the gauntlet in the SEC before we get to Alabama, we'll be okay. That means we'll have the confidence rolling in there. If we play the same way we've been playing, um, we'll, we'll, we'll bring a different swagger to that game. And we'll feel a little bit better about ourselves than we have in the past. So, um, I, I, and I don't, you know, there's something about the Alabama team this year. They just don't seem as dominant as they once were for whatever reason. Not, not that they're down, yeah. but they're just not that, that high-potent Alabama team. You know, we're used to Alabama lining up and, and then opening holes up that are the size of the Mack trucks that these guys are running through, but we don't see that. Yeah. This year, and that's the thing I think that's lacking, the, the lack of a running game, which is not that they don't have one, but it's not as good as it once was in the past. Well, they just put up another touchdown as uh, Tagaviola <laughs> has just thrown his second touchdown yep. pass. So they lead South Carolina 14-3. to You would think uh, with South Carolina losing to North Carolina earlier this season, and uh, they've already lost their starting quarterback, Jake Bentley, for a good part of the season, this might be it for Will Muschamp. I can't. 
Uh, that never seemed like a good fit to me. Uh, I think Will Muschamp is a terrific defensive coordinator, but he, but that's he, can't, it. he can't put together an offense. I, I don't think, uh, you know, like like I said about Joe Brady, Joe Brady I don't think would be a good head coach right now because no, he doesn't have experience. Too young. A little bit too young. doesn't have experience of understanding how to run a team. Um, and, and all of the, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. And Will Muschamp is just one of those guys that was pretty much granted the opportunity to be a head coach, right? Right. Um, you know, it wasn't that his 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 management of team, of, of facilities, of, you know, uh, of coaches and all that stuff was that that great for him to get that opportunity, but he just did because he was with some really great head coaches. Yes. And, um, and then sometimes if you can be afforded that, that would give you the opportunity. But when you're not with those guys such as um, – What's the guy? You never think of his name, man. For well, Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, he's a, a prime example. He was with Nick Saban for what three or four years. He was a really good defensive coordinator. And then he goes to Tennessee, and then what does he do? Stinks the place up. Yes, he has. So, and I think Muschamp would have been. I think I think you're right. He's a great defensive coordinator, and if he can be a defensive coordinator for the rest of your career, then that's what it is. Nothing right. wrong with that. I don't yes. think there's anything wrong with that, personally. Yes. And he's in a tough situation. I mean, South Carolina and Clemson is the it, big, it's hard to recruit there. big, big time program now, and mm-hmm. he goes there, and, and it's the same thing that you saw at Florida when he was at Florida is that offensively the Gators, when he was there, they yeah. weren't very good. No. Good, mm-hmm. and South Carolina is not very good offensively right, right. Uh, either. So Tennessee won, by the way. They beat Chattanooga today. But a big upset in college football. Come on, don't bring it up. Don't uh, bring it up. <laughs> don't bring it up. The uh, I got to bring it up. I oh, just teased man. it. Yeah, absolutely right. right. We just saw it. My wife showed me. The, the uh, Citadel. Come on. The Citadel, oh. the FCS school, oh. beating Georgia Tech in overtime, 27-24. So, so as you know, my, my daughter goes to Georgia Tech. She's a sophomore there, yeah. and she dances there. So we – Right How much before, to dance about today? Well, she was dancing. She did very well. The band plays great. I mean, she's awesome. Um, and then um, here's the thing. So we're about to leave the house. I'll tell you after this break. I'll tell okay. you what happened after And this we're going to have Mike Dettelier join us as well. We'll okay. talk about uh, somebody. I want to ask him about Justin Jefferson. I mean, how how high is he getting up there on these draft boards? It's got to be way touching up the sky. Yeah, it's getting yes. close. All right. So stay tuned. More of the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. Broadcasting from... Right next to the LSU administration building on LSU's campus. Come by and say hi. We're here till 4.30. Jeff Palermo along with former LSU Tiger Herb Tyler. More coming up here on WWL. Filling in for Christian Garrick, I'm Jeff Palermo along with former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler. It's the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. As we are broadcasting right next to the LSU administration building here on LSU's campus. 504-260-1870 is the number. You want to finish your story, Herb, about Georgia Tech and... Yeah, just losing the Citadel. Yeah, basically. So my <laughs> wife and I were walking out of the house, and then yeah. uh, you know, I'm watching the game, and my wife doesn't know the game is on. She walks past the TV, and all of a sudden she says, oh, look, it's Kobe. And I'm like, no, that's not Kobe. Your daughter. Our daughter, Kobe. I'm like, that's not her. They go inside at the second quarter <clears throat> and get ready for halftime because, she, you know, she performs with the band. And she's like, no, it is not. It's Kobe. Rewind it. So I rewind it, and sure enough, it's her. So we start taking pictures of the steals for shots, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. So we pause it. We got this great thing called Cox Contour and all that. <laughs> yeah, it's great, great. So we, we pause it, and she, we're taking pictures and all this other stuff. So she's the only dancer that's looking at the field. All the other dancers are looking in the, in the stands. So she probably saw the writing on the walls that Citadel was going to win. <laughs> Not true at all. She doesn't she didn't care one bit about it. She just loves to dance. Yeah. And she don't care if she's dancing in the football field or on top of a, a roof 
you know, Skyline Roof in New York or whatever. It doesn't matter. That's what she loves to do. So, so she's not it. disappointed that the Yellow Jackets no, got stung no. today. But actually, I am. <laughs> and, and my wife was like, oh, look at his own. Oh, they lost. I yeah, she's done. not going to get a bowl trip. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, it won't. And look, they say their offensive change. It has not. I watched. <clears throat> I went to two games last year, Clemson, which was not a good game yeah. to go to, which actually was. It was um, uh, the quarterback's coming out part of that yeah, game. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. He took over for Bryant that particular game we were yeah. there. And then um, another game, and they looked—they did not look good at all offensively. And I went last week, and they looked exactly the right. same as last year. And they were supposed to change the offense, but it's not changed. All right, uh, update from Columbia, South Carolina has responded, and now they trail Alabama 14-10 to 10 late in yes. the, the first quarter. I smell an upset coming on, baby. <laughs> After we it. just buried Will Muschamp. <laughs> I smell it. Well, look, hey, somebody's got to resurrect him. It's going to be, it's gonna be oh. Nick Saban. <laughs> All right, let's bring in uh, Mike Dettelier, and this uh, segment is brought to you by Sports Medicine Center at <laughs> Thibodeau Regional, keeping you in the game. Mike, thanks a lot for spending a few minutes with us today. We really appreciate it. How you doing? I'm doing great. Listen, I agree with her, man. That that offense at Georgia Tech ain't changed one bit. Yeah, man. right. Not man, <laughs> that that that's good lip service, but that ain't that ain't reality. And uh, I, I sent Tim Rebo uh, a text. I was like, man, make maybe feel a little bit better. Kansas State, you know, upsets Mississippi State. And uh, I know Rebo's response is going to be, uh, no, it don't make me feel better. We got crushed by him. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm glad to see Lindsey Scott heading to Nichols. That's yeah, the, I saw that too. That's, that's yeah, good. you know, he's, you know, with, with Chase in his final season, you know, you can see Lindsey's going to be next man up. And um, man, I think Lindsey's got a chance to be a really good player in the Southland. Really do. Man, in this offense. Mike, I thought Lindsey had a great opportunity to be a good player in any in in that type of offense anywhere in the country, whether it was SEC or ACC or Southland Conference, doesn't matter. All he needed was a shot. Yeah, I yeah. think once you give him a shot, he'll do quite well. Uh, and he, listen, to, he, he gonna be one of the one thing for sure. He's gonna be one of the smartest cats they got. That yeah. I know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Very you're smart, right. great leader, uh, and he, he's a got a good arm. Can run. Yep. He can do a lot he of things. He can do everything, basically. Yeah. In yeah. my mind, and if he was six foot three, he, he hey, that's not fair. <laughs> Don't say that, Jeff. I'm just saying. Hey, man, I'm if, just saying. It. I mean, it's the facts. It's the facts. <laughs> if he was all, all I know is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, you stretching him at five nine. Yep. And look yep. what he's done. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All you need is an opportunity, Jeff, at the right, right place, right time. Ask Joe yep. Burrow about that. Yeah, and yep. uh, and another guy who's gotten an opportunity here, Mike, is Justin Jefferson. Yes. Uh, this kid, who would have thought? I mean, he was uh, – Coach O talked about it earlier this week at his Monday luncheon about they reserved a a scholarship for him. He, yep. he comes out of Destrehan, not really highly recruited, not – you know, and, and all of a sudden he has turned out to be one of the top – not only one of the top receivers in the SEC, but in the country. I mean, are we looking at a a, a blossoming potential first-round pick here, Mike? Well, people that say that, you know, he was a non-signature player didn't watch Destrahan play. Yeah. Right. No, right. I, I'm close enough. I mean, I've seen Destrahan play a lot. No, they, they got some athletes on that team. And, you know, he was a late signee. Uh, there was a lot of schools like Nichols, McNeese, uh, Louisiana Tech that were saying, hey, listen, come play for us. But, but old Connor had put that aside for Justin. And, you know, it's a matter of trust. And, and Herb can talk about this because, you know, as a quarterback, you might have talent around you, but it's 
the trust factor you have with a guy mm-hmm. that you know where he's on the field, you know he's going to run his route correctly, and he's going to come up with a catch in traffic. That's yep. what Justin can do. And if you don't respect his deep speed, he can run right past you. Mm-hmm. No, he was not this super highly recruited player like his brother Jordan was. No. But that don't mean he can't play. Mm-hmm. Man, all I can tell you is you go watch Destrahan play and see the athletes they got on that football team. And, you know, it, it just maybe wasn't the right spot for him to hit the spotlight. But he is now, and you see the trust factor with him and Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall are bigger, faster, more talented, uh, maybe athletically than Justin. But as a quarterback, I know where he is on the field. He's almost – I'm tuned in with him, and I get it. Look at that third and 17 play. Okay, Joe gets flushed out of the pocket. He's got to make a play on the move, and that dude is beating down. He's eye to eye with him, and he makes a dart throw to Justin, and he he takes it the rest of the way. you got to have trust in your receiver that he's going to be in that spot. You can't be pointing saying, hey, move a little bit over here. Move a little bit there. No, you got to have trust in him. And I think you see that. And he has developed into a very good college player and someone that's going to play at the next level. And, again, it's the trust factor that he's going to gain with who's ever the quarterback. I know where you are out on the field. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have to look around for you. That's something that, that Justin has. And he is a junior, so he, he could still come back next yep. season. But um, Well, I'm sure Ogeron's already going to pitch that. Man, come back and play another season here. Right. You're not going to be assured of being a first-round pick and, and that sort of thing. And so uh, I, I think that, you know, he's, he's got a decision to make. But, you know, it's much tougher if you have a first-round pick grade on you. Man, that money's yeah, yeah. hard to turn down. Mike, you got to go get the money, stage. man. you got to go get the money. If it's there, take the money. The other issue he's going to have coming back is Joe Burrow won't be here. Yeah. So how do, you know, Miles. how do we transfer from that, from Joe Burrow to Miles to Peter Parrish to whoever it may be, you know? Right, right. Well, my thing is it will take Miles about 10 seconds to figure out. I know where he's is on the field. I know where he's at. <laughs> I see and, you know, Because you as a quarterback – uh, Herb, you understand that there are certain people out there that you understand that they understand. Yep. Okay? And some other guys got tremendous talent, but mm-hmm. they kind of drift in their routes. You know, it, it may be 10 yards, and then all of a sudden they're 11 yards, they're 11 or they're not at that mm-hmm. particular position. And that makes you look bad, you know, because people say, oh, look, that quarterback's off target. No, it's also the receiver. He's got to run that route correctly. I figure, right. if, you know, if Justin comes back, Miles going to figure this out real quick. But look at that receiving core, guys. And 45 Division One high school players have gotten scholarships. 45 high school players in Louisiana in the last four years at wide receiver have gotten scholarships from wow. Louisiana. Man, my thing is, yeah, I want to run that offense. Because I can get all those players, and right. I can go outside Louisiana to recruit some of those top guys, too. Absolutely. Talking with Mike Dettelier here as we uh, talk uh, about uh, not only you know LSU football players and where they're at at this point, but kind of projecting down the road future-wise. Rashard Lawrence not uh, playing here tonight, Mike, and it's kind of a shame because we just – 
we saw a healthy Richard Lawrence last week, or not last week, but in the uh, in the uh, Georgia in, Southern game. Well, in the not only in the Georgia Southern game, but in the Central Florida game, in the bowl game. Yeah. And we saw what kind of player he can be. I just feel like we're not. We're not because of these injuries that he has suffered here during his time at LSU. Right. We're, we're not seeing the real Rashard Lawrence, and I'm wondering how that might impact uh, his future draft prospects. Listen, anytime you're down with an injury, you know it's about availability. No, the NFL does pay attention to that. Uh, you, you know, you you got to be available. All I know last week, if that was one defensive lineman early in that game that dominated, it was Rashard Lawrence. Yeah, that cat yeah. couldn't block him. He was in the backfield more than Ellinger was. I mean, they, they were just sort of two-hand touching him. They couldn't control him. And then he has the leg injury again. Only thing I know is Pete Jenkins has been coaching a lot of years in yeah. college football. And Pete told me, Mike, he's the toughest defensive lineman I have ever coached in my entire life. Now, wow. listen, Pete's got the ear of a lot of NFL yeah. folks. They come to Pete. But yes. th- that's what he told me. He said, listen, Rashard's talented, but he said he's the toughest guy I have ever coached, ever. You think, wow. man, Pete's been coaching since the late 70s. Right. <laughs> that's a 1870s. long time right. uh, uh, for <laughs> that to roll and to get that type of deal. And I know Coach O thinks a lot of him, too. It's just a shame he, he's been hurt. Uh, quite a bit because that it will affect his draft status no matter what. People can say, well, this and that. It does because the NFL pays attention to availability, yeah. but he does have time this year to come back and make amends. And he's a big part of that defensive line for LSU. He can play end or tackle in the NFL. He can play end in a 3-4. He can play tackle in a 4-3. And so that, that versatility is going to help his NFL stock. So, hey, Mike, I, I asked Chris Blair this earlier today. Who on the LSU team right now, who is your favorite offensive player and your favorite defensive player to watch? Oh, man, uh, I love Joe Burrow, but to me I think Jamar Chase is the mm-hmm. next superstar player mm-hmm. uh, for LSU on offense. And on defense, you know what? He didn't wet the diaper last week. It was the freshman, Derek Stingley yeah. Jr. Okay. Man, you think about what him and Cade York did, yep. uh, you know, in that outing on the road. And sometimes freshmen, you feel a little bit of the nerves there. All I know is Texas threw the football him at a couple times early in the game, had no success. Then when he came almost with an unbelievable interception, the right. deal was, man, I ain't throwing the football no more at that guy. I'm going <laughs> after Christian Fulton. And that's exactly what they did. And they, they didn't throw the football them. no more at Derek. Yep. Man, that's the greatest respect you can get as a freshman that they turned away from you and they went after a guy who was the best cornerback on your team a year ago. Right. No, Stingley's got a chance to be special and his yeah. punt return skills. Uh, I did part of that LSU caravan tour with Coach Joe, and we talking. I said, how good is the punt return? He looked at me and started to laugh. He said, uh... He's not elite. He's elite. <laughs> I think he takes one to the house tonight, Mike. I, I think Northwestern. I wouldn't be surprised. Northwestern State will try to do some kind of rugby punt, but he'll pick it up on the third bounce and yeah. make two guys miss, and then it's it's to the house after that. Yeah, my, He's my, a defensive player that can play offense. Yeah, my, my prediction is that he takes five to the house this year some kind of way, whether it be interceptions or punt returns or something. Yeah. Listen, uh, I, I – I wouldn't be surprised, man. He he is special. We haven't had LSU hasn't had anybody like him since Tyron Matthew. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. How do you think uh, after two weeks, Mike, uh, how would you grade this offensive line? Listen, I'd give them a B. It's better than I expected, uh, to be honest with you. And we'll see what happens with Ed Ingram, if he can make that return. Because arguably, not arguably, he was the best lineman they had two years ago. Ain't no argument. He was the best guy. Uh, So, you know, they've held up well. Now, you're going to get pressure. Uh, You know, you play a team like Texas, they blitz every down. So you're going to get pressure. Uh, They were able to give Joe a pretty strong pocket, and he was able to throw the football uh, running the football when you run that fast-paced offense, I think it takes a couple weeks for the running game to come around. Uh, I just think five guys working as one, that takes a little while. Mm-hmm. But I-, I would give them a B grade. I think they played better than uh, I thought they would play, and they've had some injuries, uh, you know, and the you know, situation with uh, Sadiq. So uh, they played pretty well. Uh, that's been a pleasant surprise of how well they've played so far this season. And uh, uh, I like what I see the, the young kid, Rosenthal. I, I think he's got a chance to be pretty good at this uh, new position. Of, I know he wanted to play defensive line, but he's really a tackle. Uh, and, and Damian Lewis has got a chance to be next-level player. He's a really good prospect at that guard position. Finishing it up here with Mike Dettelier, we know that Tua will probably be the top overall pick and. In- that's why the Miami Dolphins got gutted their roster. But where, where does Joe Burrow <laughs> fall into it when we look at the prospects for quarterbacks in the 20, 2020 draft? I put him in my top one. He was 93 on my list, and this was in June. And, you know, I don't move it around until, you know, after midway in the season. But, you know, he's, he's a guy that's going to be a top 100 pick. He can play at this level. And, and I give – Coach Ocheron, a lot of credit. Uh, this was three days into practice a year ago. And you know, yeah. we were talking about Miles, and he brings it up to me about, man, listen, Joe Burrow is something special. Yeah. And he said, Mike, he said, he's Bobby Bear all over again. Now he said, listen, he can't talk like Bear, but yeah. there's only three or four people breathing on this earth that can talk <laughs> like him. But he said, you know, look at him, how he's built, how he can throw the football, he can make all the NFL throws. He's tough. He's got more mobility than people think. He knows how to kind of sway a little bit left and right to buy a little bit of time. But he said he's got one thing I can't teach. He's got toughness, and he's got heart. Man, you think about, he said, you know, you got a guy 300 pounds barreling down at you at that speed, and he can make that throw accurately. A lot of guys maybe got more athletic skills or maybe got a stronger arm, but he's got accuracy skills under pressure. And he said, that's the thing that jumps out at me. And he said, you know, Bobby had it because he played with Bobby at, at South of She played with yeah. him at Northwestern. And he said, the guys believe in him. No matter what's the score, they believe somehow, some way, he's going to win it. He said that three days into practice a year ago. Uh, Ogeron hit that right on the head. I, and he's got a lot of similarities to Bobby J as far as a, an NFL-type prospect. And when he comes off the Bust, though, Mike. He doesn't look like yeah, this, this guy's going to throw for 460 on me, right? I mean, he kind of has this unassuming. Well, neither does Drew Brees or Tom Brady. That's true. Also. That's true. And That's true. Look, at, look at the last two pick, first overall picks, Baker Mayfield and Kyler yeah. Murray. Do yeah. they scare you when they come off the bus? You know no. when they scare you? When they step on that football on field. The field. Yep. yep. Yeah. That's what matters. And, and, look, that's why I think I don't think that Tua is a shoe-in for that number one pick. 
if Hurts keep playing like he's playing, he may just, hey, you never know. That, might that would sneak be something up in there. else. That would be something that else. That would be great. <laughs> I, think, I think, too, his arm strength has got, has got the, the, the leg up there, if you would. You might, you might also, between the ears, man, yeah. he's got it between the ears. He is so smart uh, of a player. He knows uh, your routes and where a receiver should be, and he puts it in a spot where you can make a catch. And, you know, people are grading him on how he played last year, but he was also hurt. hurt. Yeah, you know, hurt. He, he was hurt yeah, with his knee. So you're going to down him because he's hurt. No, let him play healthy and see how it is. Now, everybody was talking about Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to ask you two guys. Has he lit the world of fire the first two games of the no, season? No. No, nope. nope. you sure ain't. No. Nope. Because no. you know why? They got film on him now. They know what he can do well and what he can't. And you see the chess match going on. So now he's got to adjust his game to the moves of some of the defensive teams that have played against him. And while he's played good, he's not played great. Right. That's where when, man, once they get that film on you, they figure you out pretty quickly. These guys ain't making a million dollars or so a year for nothing. They figure out what you can do. (laughs) And that's why it's going to be interesting once LSU gets into the heart of the SEC schedule and they face the Floridas, they face the Auburns, what kind of adjustments those teams make to try to slow down LSU offensively. And then obviously there's the counter adjustment on LSU's end. Yeah, the other thing too is look at Auburn. Yeah. Look at Auburn playing a freshman quarterback in Knicks, okay? Yeah. Now you got a couple games on him. Now, he's a talented young man, and I, and I, I give him a lot of credit uh, because he had some poise. He didn't wet the diaper uh, against Oregon. Uh, late. You know who wet the diaper? The senior, Justin Herbert. He wet yeah, it. He did. he did. And so my thing is let him get a couple of weeks on you, and then they know what plays you like to run and what plays you don't. And so that's part of it, too. Like Felipe Franks, I play him every week. You know, yeah. I think I know what he can do well and what he can't. He's a very erratic passer uh, yeah. at best. Not that he doesn't have a talent around him, but his accuracy skills is all over the board. So you right. know what you're going to get with him. Mike, thanks a lot for your time. Uh, looking forward to uh, hearing what you have to say during the pregame show tomorrow. Saints and Rams, that should be a lot of fun as yep. well. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Mike. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all take care. All right, brother. And that segment with Mike Dettelier was brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center at Thibodeau Regional, keeping you in the game. More of the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show as we continue to broadcast next to the LSU Administration Building on LSU's campus. We're about three hours away from kickoff between the Tigers and Northwestern State. Your thoughts on LSU. How far can this team go? 504-260-1870. We'll get to that when we come back. Filling in for Christian Garrick, this is Jeff Palermo along with former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler. This is the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. Broadcasting next to the LSU Administration Building on LSU's campus. We'll be here to 430, and then we'll turn it over to the LSU Sports Radio Network for their pregame show. Uh, Alabama is leading South Carolina 17-10 to in the second quarter. Earlier today, Temple defeated 21st-ranked Maryland 20-17. to 13th-ranked Penn State held on to beat Pitt 17-10. to And the big upset of the day is Citadel FCS school over the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets in overtime. Do you like LSU playing FCS schools? 
maybe. Yeah. It depends. Um, I mean, sometimes you're, you're completely overmatched somebody, yeah. right? But then some, sometimes you just have a team that can play yeah. with the Georgia Tech, if you will. Yeah. But LSU, I think, I think it's they've reached that they've reached that level where it's 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 be pretty remarkable for an FCS school to keep up with. You them. would think so. But here's the, here's the issue I have with so you can't. I don't. I don't think they should play uh, Power Five schools all year long, right? Okay. Um, for one, the for one is the, is it's. It's the injuries, yes. That factor that comes into play, the, you know. And the and it's once again, and, and you know, I hate to keep going back to, but I always think as a former player, um, they're amateurs, right? So the people that want them to play the power five teams all the time, all these big teams, all yeah. day, or guys that sitting there betting on the game that want whatever x amount sitting of dollars, in the out air of, conditioning they right don't now. care about any of this. Yeah. They don't understand the toll that it takes on the body to go through that. They already go through a rigorous SEC schedule. Yeah. And then you got to turn around and play these hard, tougher teams, you know, those three or four games. There's other times where you got to try to get your second team, third team guys in the game to have them play. A lot of times you're not going to play those guys when you're playing against your, your you know, your, your, your divisional opponents, if you will. Um, so, so, you know, I, I understand why they do it. I don't think it should be an FCS team or whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, your lower tier D1 schools, yeah, for sure, play right. those guys. Um, it just, just it, it, because you know, you see what happens. You know, like, like Southern went up to play Georgia and Devon Gales, I think is yes. his name, and uh, and that happened. So you know, it's things like that that happen that are unfortunate. Now that can happen anywhere right. at any point in time, but a lot of times you see a lot of those those schools, those guys get hurt or injured um, fairly often when they're playing against the bigger schools. Yeah, uh, I guess it, it, there's at least a little intrigue that they're playing an in-state school, right? Uh, but I would rather. I mean, why, not, why not schedule Tulane every year? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a great rivalry, in-state rivalry. I just don't see that rivalry coming back. I don't uh, either, but I think that's we, better than playing an FCS school. We got about a minute left. Would you be in favor of a nine-game SEC schedule? Um, yeah, I don't see why yeah. not. I'm good with that. Yeah, I can deal with that. If it's all SEC teams, that's fine. As long yeah. as it's not just you know, going across the country to play, I don't know, Ohio State and all these other right. people. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. Um, I just think with, uh, and, and we'll see it here in the second half of today's game with the amount of empty seats. So something that's interesting too, before you, before we go to uh, break, uh, California is doing something interesting with these um, uh, pay for image, yeah. which I think is pretty cool. So maybe that trend may start to follow. South forward. Carolina, I think it's filed a similar, or there's been a bill filed in South Carolina, similar, something like that. So right? that's how you find a way to pay the players without actually paying the players, if that makes sense. Yeah. We got to take a break. Uh, we'll come back here shortly from LSU's campus. This is the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. We'll be back here on WWL AM and FM. Filling in for Christian Garrick on this Saturday afternoon is Jeff Palermo along with Herb Tyler. This is the WWL Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show broadcasting right next to the LSU administration building on LSU's campus. As uh, fans uh, hanging around here, getting ready for tonight's game against Northwestern State. 6.30 kickoff over in Columbia, South Carolina, second-ranked Alabama now leading the Gamecocks 24-10. to Really no marquee games in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, Florida-Kentucky kind of interesting just because Kentucky defeated Florida last year, ending that long winning streak, that 30-plus game winning streak that Florida had on Kentucky. Now Kentucky's got the Gators at home, and it's always interesting to see what uh, 
Felipe Franks can do, former LSU commitment. Played much better in week two than he did in week one. Let's see what now he can do on the road yep. here tonight against Kentucky. And right now, because I, I think there's there's a couple things going on. Uh, because there is the double buy in college football in the college football the season, it, it's kind of it's spread out the year, and you're going to yep. have weeks like this where there's really not many marquee matchups. No, it is what it is. But look, like I was telling you, before we went to the break. It, those guys need a break. You know yes. what I'm saying? It's, it takes a toll on your body. First thing that – well, one of the first things Coach O said after beating Texas last night or last Saturday was, I'm glad we're playing Northwestern State next week. Right. We'll talk more about tonight's game when we come back after the top-of-the-hour break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 